1: Around and around with Trey guys today. Look, I know the All Star game is coming up. I'm just over this. I'm over with excuses. Play the freaking game. Give me 10 minutes. Give me 20 minutes off the bench, Coach. I'm not 100, but I can give you some time. I'll give you some minutes off the bench. Is that even a conversation? I have no problem it's like with that. You're zero. You're out. And there's and like there's no middle ground. I mean, I know you. It's not like baseball. You can DH, but you telling me you couldn't come off the bench and give me a give me
2: something. Well, D- D- uh, DJ last night needed help. He needed somebody else to step up. Now, Bogey ends up hitting 23 off the bench. But, Bogey, hit your free throws.
0: <laughs> this is Dukes and Bell
2: on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. To what killed the Hawks last night? It's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. They had a chance to win one in Portland. DJ was great. 40 points, no no turnovers? Come on. I mean, that's a monster game to right. go along with eight rebounds and six assists. Um, and we've been talking about it today. This road trip continues as they'll take on the Suns at the Jazz, at the Nuggets, at Pelicans, that's New Orleans, and then playing the Suns back here on uh, February 9th, which is the trade deadline. Mike, uh, before we get into some college football and things that are going on, um, a hire today for our our football team, the Falcons. They finalized a deal with Jerry Gray. He's going to join the coaching staff with the title of assistant head coach slash defensive backs coach, but uh, he coached the defensive backs in Green Bay, and he's going to come here. He's got a relationship with Arthur Smith. So they're filling out their defensive uh, coaches' positions, uh, some of these guys that got let go when right. Dean Pease decided to retire. Meanwhile, Mike, the 49ers have requested permission to talk with Steve Wilkes from the Panthers. Yeah, got to replace D'Amico
1: uh, Ryans. Mm-hmm.
2: So the D'Amico Ryans deal, is it official, Chris? It's not official, but everything is pointing to D'Amico Ryans taking the head coaching job with the Houston Texans. So they're going to have to replace D'Amico Ryans. I think that's a smart move by Shanahan and company.
1: I really right. do. I know that uh, you know Wilkes hopefully gets a chance at it. We know how he got hosed because they decided to rip everything. Remember they drafted Josh Rosen, they drafted Kyler Murray, went and got Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, by the way, I was going to save this for Guy Talk, but it's germane now to the conversation. Cliff Kingsbury landed on his feet after getting dismissed from Arizona. He's in Thailand with his smoking hot uh, younger tomato girlfriend. She posted some photos of her in various states of undress. Yeah, so good for you, Cliff. But uh, now where he winds up in the college of Pro landscape is an OC, perhaps I don't know. Well, he's told people he doesn't want to take any calls right now. yeah, and good he's got he can live off that coin for a minute. but Steve Wilkes deserves another crack as being a head coach and and he got jobbed again this this case by another owner. And what happened with Tepper, but Wilkes, that's, that's pretty darn good for the 49ers if they can pull that off.
2: No doubt. Other good news. We got to mention our man, AJ Griffin selected for the NBA rising stars challenge. That's going to happen during the NBA all-star weekend in Utah, but it's always good when one of our own gets the recognition he deserves, Mike, and he is a rising star. Um, As far as the all-star team is concerned and what, what that's going to mean for Trey and how that's going to look, we're going to have to wait to see how that shakes out, but Mm -hmm. I'm happy for AJ Griffin, man. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, obviously continue to contribute to this team. I know you guys were arguing earlier with some folks on yeah. on Twitter, as Bo says, Sasspool!
1: But uh, <laughs> some, people, wanna, some people some yeah. people, complaining about, you know, whether or not he's playing enough for right. this Hawks team. And I just think sometimes, you know, Nate just locks it in. Look, I get it. Bogey's making a hell of a lot more money than A.J. Griffin as a first-round pick. And, and Bogey is a veteran. But it just seems to me last night, if you watch the game, yes, Bogey had a couple of threes, but he was also a liability on defense and also missed a bunch of shots, including two free throws. And AJ, if you didn't see it, AJ Griffin was on a great run. They had the same, I think they had the same amount of points they both scored in the uh, in the fourth quarter. But Nate, he's locked in. It's like, oh, time to get him out. Get to get the young kid out, even though the young kid was balling. That's my only point. Can't you deviate from your static plan once in a game when you see a kid like AJ Griffin popping last night and doing some good things defensively? And he took him out, and then Bogey was a mixed bag at best last night.
2: More on the Hawks coming up, guys. We'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? As they continue this West Coast road trip, we'll talk more about the Falcons and what Coach Arthur Smith is saying about being out there with the East-West Shrine game. It's on the way in less than 10 minutes. Right now, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. The dog report is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, the main thing right now is, are the dogs going to lose their uh, offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin? Keep your hands off my Munkin. I don't want him to go anywhere. Mike says maybe this is just about money and a nice raise, and Mm. maybe it is. But I think when you continue to take these interviews, Mike, and you are entertaining them, at some point does somebody say something you want to hear? And then you go, "Eh,
1: maybe I will go. I mean, I I don't know if Munkin wanted to pull that Dirk Cutter play we talked about yesterday where he went in down to Tampa knowing that the coach was dead man walking and then got the job. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case unless he really wants to be a head coach again, and that would be the, the measures he'd take to kind of be in position as a guy as a veteran. If you move on, I just think the Bucks are, are so all over the place now. When you fire all your staff, Todd, Todd Bowles has no shot down there because you don't have Tom Brady. You, you, I don't know what Trask whoever the quarterback they got no shot. So why would you go there? The, the Ravens is interesting because you know then you could you know say hey I, I got Lamar Jackson back on track, and then you get an NFL head coaching job after that. You know, I mean that, that that would be mean. That's the only job I would leave Georgia for. Yeah,
2: we're gonna we're gonna see. He continues to uh, be a hot commodity as far as his name being mentioned. Um, we don't want this to happen. We think right now, if you're trying to threepeat, right threepeat, and and do something no one's done, then you're probably your best bet is to have Todd Munkin back. It, it just is. So we're gonna see where this goes. Meanwhile, Mike, the ACC announced uh, last night's schedules. And they're going away from the Atlantic and the Coastal. For those who don't know this, they're going to this 3 5, five system that basically puts each team against its three annual rivals. And then the alternative is you have a home-and-home home series with the five other league opponents every two years. Uh, what's it mean for, for Georgia Tech? And that's the big question. They start the season next year, Louisville, in Atlanta, right here September 1st. And then they take on South Carolina State. They go to Ole Miss September 16th. They uh, head to Wake Forest September 23rd. Then they get Bowling Green and then at Miami, and then they have an open date October 14th, Mike. Boston College, North Carolina coming here to the flats at Virginia, at Clemson next year. Right. Wake. Syracuse, and then, of course, Georgia okay. is the last game of the season. But the, the scheduling, guys, is switched up, and it's not going to be the Atlantic and Coastal anymore. This three five five system is what they're going to.
1: Right. Didn't we read, yeah, it's uh, Georgia Tech-Louisville? Yep. And Georgia Tech-Wake and Clemson? Correct. Right. And I've always, and you know, you know me, man, I've always thought Georgia Tech, going back to the Joe Hamilton days, there were so many great battles with FSU. Georgia Tech has beaten Florida State, beaten Jimbo Fisher, the block field goal years ago. This was some really good games with Georgia Tech and Florida State, but that's not the way the ACC saw it. So Florida State, by the way, they get in there with like uh, Syracuse, which nobody cares about.
2: No, uh, as one of
1: their three in the three five five. So you know, again, they they're going away from this. It's cost efficient. All
2: the things that they've talked about with with Jim Phillips, they're. They're, you know, the the commissioner of the ACC. We'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I don't have any problem with the scheduling, and and maybe it makes it a little bit funner when you're talking about these home-and-home series with the five other uh, league opponents every other year or every two years. Mike, what is going to happen with Jim Harbaugh? He continues to be a guy that entertains these interview opportunities. Broncos owner Greg Penner flew to Michigan and met with him in Ann Arbor over the weekend. Now, he left. No deal was done. But, come on, how many times do you need to meet with the Broncos?
1: Yeah, and uh, if you're Michigan, do you want – I mean, you, this guy's taking you to two semifinal games in a row. Remember, if we said yesterday, it was what, uh, they are ready to move him out uh, two years ago, and then he's beaten Ohio State two years in a row. And then, yeah, the NCAA thing, we'll see where that one goes. That's that's also something they've got to deal with because in this day and age, you know, you got to come clean. It wasn't Harbaugh sandbagging, right, with the he NCAA, was. so that may blow up in their face. So maybe the pros is where to go. But is Jim Harbaugh the right guy to fix Russell Wilson? I don't know. I mean, Harbaugh, look, you can't argue with the jobs he did in San Francisco. The, the guts to move on from Alex Smith to go with Kaepernick and to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, he had three NFC championships, right? three NFC championships, right, for uh, San Francisco, at least two under Harbaugh. So he can coach. That creep can coach. But is is that the – how would Russell respond to him? I guess because that's the thing. You got to be a little bit of a sports psychologist too with this thing.
2: They Based uh, on the Pete Carroll stuff. Yeah. They had a face-to-face meeting after Harbaugh initially had a video interview with Denver, which then he pulled his name out of contention and then reaffirmed his commitment to Michigan. That's when he put out that statement, right? right? Where, you know, you don't try to out happy, happy, go blue. <laughs> then why are you inviting yes. these dudes to come? Like, that's a no. Right. Hey, Jim, we want to talk to you. No, I, I told you guys. But he's still doing that. So we'll see. I, I mm. think it's a fluid situation, Mike. If you're telling me right now Harbaugh's going to be the coach of Michigan come September, I don't know if I'd say that right now.
1: I don't know if Unless I'd say he just, that. Unless he loves having his butt kissed. Or again, or he, he feels that things aren't going to be that dramatic with the NCAA and Michigan. He's losing some scholarships and losing postseason. I mean, if it's that level, yeah. that, then maybe you think about moving on. I don't know. The, uh, the other thing is, and I was reading this today in, uh, in Saturday Down South, you and I talked about this earlier in the show, if Munkin does go, who is you know who is Saban going to pick? Who is Saban going to get? Remember, they still got to fill eight OC and DC over there in, right. in, in Alabama. Jeremy Pruitt's name was out there. Does Kirby already have a list? I got to figure Kirby's got some Absolutely. guys. He's got to have some dudes. He's ready to go to. Well,
2: and and again, I mean, familiarity helps. But you think about the OC hires? You know, Jim Chaney wasn't familiarity, Mike. Right? It was just kind of an right. experienced guy. But this has been the best OC since Kirby got the job, hands down. Right. It's not even close. So, if I can keep him, I want to do it. Hey, coming up, we got plenty more to dive into, including what Arthur Smith is looking for as they scout players out there at the East-West Shrine game. You'll hear it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: Breaking news in the NFL. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Longtime Saints coach, Super Bowl winning Saints coach, Sean Payton, is going to become the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. The irony is Mike and I were just talking about Greg Penner flying over the weekend to see Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, um, and we said no deal was done. What was Sean Payton waiting on? Because we knew that the compensation was going to be a part of this. And, Mike, the compensation is interesting, right? With the Broncos send a first-round pick in 2023 and an early pick next year, um, to agree to, to uh, this deal with the the Saints, who still own his rights, by the way. So that's right. why
1: they're sending these picks. Right. So if you remember, guys, when the uh, when the Raiders uh, traded John Gruden, uh, Al Davis wanted a first-round pick from the Bucs. I guess that was a precedent, right, that was kind of set back, back in 2000, whatever it was. So, yeah, uh, first round for this year, next year's second round, and they get Sean Payton and the Saints send a third in 2024. Potentially, this is from Adam Schefter. All right, and here's the thing
2: about what Peyton is doing or what, he, what he's embarking on. Now, I had told you guys earlier, maybe last week, at the end of the week, I had heard there were two reasons that he was concerned, and obviously they've worked through this. The cap situation for the Broncos, they got a really good defense, and whether or not he was going to be able to fix the issues, whatever it might be, and we're not quite sure what those are with Russell Wilson. Guys, it may not be football-related this may be how Russell Wilson relates to his teammates <laughs> and how he leads. So those right. were the two things that right. I had heard about why Peyton was reluctant to take the job. But two things change, right? Money and talking through these situations, Mike,
1: here's how we're going to handle it. So he's going to become the next head coach of the Broncos. And, Mike, that's a tough division. Yeah. No, I mean, it is. I mean, the Raiders are eventually going to figure things out. They're moving on from Carr. But certainly, you look at L.A. and Kansas City ain't going nowhere. But it is you feel I just it's funny you you think uh, Sean Payton gets on the horn calls Pete Carroll up hey what's what. What's, what's, what's the story? Because you and I, I and would. for years, I defended Russell Wilson about, you know, when I was felt like, man, he's got a lot of slings and arrows from Pete Carroll. Why is Pete Carroll trying to run his quarterback out of town? And then remember, if you're, was it two years ago, Russell's agent started making up this nonsense about, well, we have a wish list of trades. And Seattle's like, well, great, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. But it was, it was a lot of tension, a lot of stuff that came out. And then there were a lot of players, former players, that were taking shots. At, they had a few guys that came to his side, but Carl was almost like five to one against Russ. So maybe Russ is the issue, and, and Ciara is his Yoko, and he's a real prima donna, and he's a kind of a phony baloney. I didn't want to believe it, but, man, there is certainly a lot of uh, this. There, there is a lot of stuff floating around here in the last, what, six months that would back that up. So does – and here's this has been my issue
2: for people that I've been speaking with in Denver this last season. Russ can forget how to play quarterback. So, so, listen, great players still need great coaching. He didn't get that from Nathaniel Hackett, which makes me wonder what the hell the Jets are doing, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But, Mike, it wasn't as if he forgot once he got to Denver how to, how, to, how to play quarterback. So I think Sean Payton might be the best thing for him, not only is it from a play-calling standpoint, on the field. We know what Payton does. Mm-hmm. He's creative and all those things. But if they don't get on the same page, this thing's not going anywhere. And, and Russ is owed uh, still a lot of money. So they've got to get on the same page if they're going to have any success there.
1: Well, remember, you know, you go back to you know Daryl Bevel. A lot of people thought that he was. They look. They dialed up a, a throw. Russell threw the slant. Well documented. The Patriots had practiced against it, and that they should have had two back to back Super Bowls. Yep. When everyone says, "Look, go with beast mode at least three times if you have to before you throw it." But Bevel, Schottenheimer, Shane Waldron. Uh, Shane Waldron came on in twenty one. I mean, I don't know. Is that a murderer's row of offensive coordinators? So how much of that was the the run game, the O-line, the talent? Obviously, Legion of Boom, which in its heyday, was an amazing team to be on. But I never thought that Russell would fall off the table like he did. So that Sean Payton, he's, he's there to fix it, period. And then this just
2: in. The
1: Texans and 49ers are, uh,
2: agreed. D'Amico Ryans has agreed to term. So he's going to become the next Texans head coach. Mm. We said it literally 20 minutes ago. He will be the new Texans head coach. It's a homecoming for him. He was drafted by them in 06. D'Amico's a really good dude, and I can tell you guys per- firsthand. I, uh, I, Mike, I didn't know if he would take this job just based on the history, and there's another backstory to this. Mm. When he got hurt, he got hurt on the turf, which was NRG Stadium back then, and he sued the city because the turf had been an issue. And there was a settlement, and we wondered, even back then, if this would be something that might come back to haunt him if he wanted to get into coaching. So we don't know what the settlement was, but he got some money from the city of Houston with the turf and how his career was basically cut short. It's not coming to play. It's kind of a done deal, and obviously the Texans are not worried about it, but D'Amico Rines is going to be the new head coach there.
1: But he had a relationship. The old owner, he passes away, McNair, right? And then you've had this, the, the, uh, the Sports Illustrated article that talked about Cesario, and they, they had a, a team chaplain from the Patriots who came in and started basically making personnel decisions and ingratiating himself to management. He's gone now, by the way. Yeah. But it just seems like it's a real soap opera. The sham of hiring David Cully only to be fired a year later, and then the shame of bringing Lovey Smith. I thought Lovey Smith has enough experience; he's coached in a Super Bowl, that he would be the guy they would stick with to turn the culture around. And now you go build through the draft, and then he gets shown the door. So that's that would make me a little skittish. But as you said, he's got a lot of history with that team in that town.
2: Chris Justice hits us up, Mike at Dukes and Bell, and at Mike Bell ATL, put him up. See Dukes, he says, "Fellas, I, I don't really understand all the love for Peyton as a coach. He says maybe it's my hate for the Saints. I don't think he's worth all this love. Your thoughts help me understand." He's the hottest commodity on the market, and he is because of what he did in New Orleans. Now, I get it. We don't like him. We've always said this. Mike and I kind of been on the same page. Sean Payton is one of those dudes that you go, I can't stand this dude, but I take him as my coach any day of the week. Totally. He knows what he's doing, Chris, and I want you to think about this. He beat us Mm -hmm. twice with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I want you to think about that. Right. Right? He knows how to put people in position to be successful. The whole take some hill experiment, it didn't look the same this year because Sean Payton wasn't there. It was Dennis Allen. I think what you're seeing is people around the league going, who's the best guy available that's out there? We all kind of knew that this was the guy, whether he'd take a job or not this year, but Mike. Sean Payton is worth whatever he's going to get from the Broncos. And we're not even talking. We hadn't even talked about what the number is.
1: Now, you take away the uh, 12 and 16 season, and Sean Payton owned the Falcons, owned Mike Smith. Uh, again, we love Smitty, owned Mike Smith, owned Dan Quinn. And I just felt that there was a couple of years, and this is when people said, well, he's not a genius, 14, 15, 16. Well, that's year they were jammed up against the Cap. That's where Mickey Loomis, the chickens, came home to roost. But then they, they came out of yeah, it. Three years, they went seven and nine. And that's the year that, if you remember, the Saints, their defense was terrible. Yeah, they had Drew Brees. But then, you guys, you go back and you think about a missed tackle. Would the Saints have been able to beat the Eagles the year the Eagles go to the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots? That's the year where the, the safety runs with his head down, wide receiver does this, and the Vikings beat the Saints. Then, of course, the dubious, and we know as much as we laughed our butts off at the time, the worst non-pass interference call in the history of the NFL. They
2: got robbed twice. You know? But they, that's, they got robbed so that's, twice. And I'm like, I,
1: I don't want to be sitting here having to make excuses for no. Sean Payton. He's no. de- the devil incarnate to most Falcon fans, but that's that; those things did happen. Yeah.
2: Chris, he's good. He knows what he's doing. and. If you give him, and this is what he wanted, by the way, he wanted a quarter, an established quarterback. I said he was not going to go somewhere where there was a rookie guy that he had to develop, or they're going to draft somebody. That's why the Herbert thing, Mike, was interesting. If Brandon Staley would have been let go, right? But he gets a quarterback, he's experienced, he can win there with the defense. I'm curious to see how he feels out his staff. But that news today. So two coaching hires have been filled. Hmm. Sean Payton lands with the Broncos. It's a multi-level deal because again, the picks that are involved. Denver gets the 2023 first-round pick and next year's second-round pick right. for Peyton and the Saints 2024 third. Denver gets 2024 first-round pick and the 2023 fourth. So those are the picks that are going to be swapped in exchange for his rights, and then D'Amico Ryan's lands with the Houston Texans. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about these moves in the NFL, Mike. Um, and again, you think Peyton's going to go there and win, but, guys, it's still the Chiefs' division. Right. As long as
1: Patrick Mahomes is, is there, right. they're not going anywhere. And we said this today. I mean, look at the Eagles. We talked to Chuck Smith earlier. Chuck's down in the senior bowl. More information coming up later in the week from who's popping, maybe somebody to look for in the draft. But the Eagles and the Chiefs, they built it through the draft. The offensive line, there's a big article that Peter King had about Howie Roseman, the lines, both the offensive and defensive lines, something we neglected on this team for decades. The Chiefs, they draft well. And then they supplemented Carl with the right trades and the right free agents. This year they had to go replace Tyreek Hill. They went and got through two or three different pieces. They found Pacheco from Rutgers. These are the organizations. There's a reason why Philly goes back in five years and Kansas City's going to be there forever. Apparently D'Amico Ryan's deal is six years.
2: Chris was just telling okay. me. I hope they give him three. They're the, notorious for not. I hope he gets three. Mm. The last two coaches there, Black, yeah. have been fired one year in. So we'll see. But the history maybe changes things with him being a part of that franchise. All right, plenty more to get to, Mike. While we're talking about the Chiefs, did you see the numbers? Chiefs Bengals drew 53 million viewers, most watched TV broadcast since last year's Super Bowl. The game peaked at 59 million. You can only imagine that was probably when the field goal happened, right? Right. When, When they're driving down there and the play's made and people are on social media going crazy. And despite the fact,
1: the NFC championship was, let's be honest, terrible, especially once Purdy went out, they had uh, over 47.5 million. I was amazed, it was that high. I thought everybody would have tuned out, but everyone was kind of hanging out at their sports bar in their backyard or whatever, and they hung with it. But yeah, 47.5 for a game that really was as one side as it could be about uh, well from the second quarter on.
2: All right, plenty more to get to. We did not get to Arthur uh, Smith's comments about scouting players. We will. Falcon Report is on the way at 5 o'clock. But all this breaking news today in the NFL. And, again, this is when this stuff happens, man. We're two weeks away from the Super Bowl. You can fill these voids from mm. your team. That's why the Falcons are moving. If you're joining us and you're saying, well, what do the Falcons do? Well, they hired their defensive backs coach today. So, last Friday it was Ryan Nielsen, the D.C. Today they filled that void with the DB's coach um, and, and it's a good move, by the way. We've been talking about it with Jerry Gray coming over from the Green Bay Packers, so lots of teams making moves. All right, Mike, what do we got coming up in Guy Talk?
1: Hey, remember that uh, Danny Almonte story back in Little League about over a decade ago? Kid was like 15. He was playing like the 10- and 12-year-olds. They punched his uh, birth certificate. Well, what if I told you a 22-year-old was trying to pretend to be a 13-year-old? In high school basketball. I'll get to that. And Steve Spurrier giving love to the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, we'll explain. It's all coming up. Guy Talk next on Dukes Bell on 92.9 The Game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: It's time for guy talk. Yeah. Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. shenanigans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, buddy. On yeah. another great day here in Paradise. It's if you're just so tuning easy in, easy more on Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's getting some new gigs being reported this afternoon. I told you earlier, Carl, about uh, the tease that uh, the Danny Almonte story, for those who don't remember, kid was about uh, two and a half years too old to be playing in Little League baseball, which is for ages 10 through 12. Big controversy back in the day, that uh, team from the Bronx, which later on had to, of course, forfeit all the games they won. Well, listen, To this, a 22 year old high school basketball coach has been fired after trying to pass as a 13 year old player on a junior varsity team in a game earlier this month. According to local reports, Arlicia Boykins, an assistant for the Churchland High School team in Virginia, impersonated one of her players who was away from the team for a club basketball tournament on Saturday, January 21st. Instead of playing with one less person on the roster, Boykins apparently took matters into her own hands and suited up as the student-athlete. Oh, come on. They've got footage of this on WAVY10. <laughs> Showing the full-grown adult bawling out, going into the lane. <laughs> Kind
2: of <laughs> ah, this is great.
1: <laughs> kind of looks like Will Farrell at old school when he's yeah. barreling through the kids after he took the trank dart in the neck. Um, but uh, driving to the lane for, a, for the layup, getting a block, nailing free throws. The outlet reports Boykins was fired as a result of the stunt, and the rest of Churchill's junior varsity players and parents elected to opt out of the remainder of the season. Seems like they had a lot of underlying issues on this squad. Uh, the thirteen-year-old's father spoke about the situation, and mean, he was shocked the coach would do such a thing. School investigating the incident, and uh, the student's family asking for an apology. Meanwhile, I mean, why are you playing travel ball if you get your own school's team? Uh, that that didn't get that made no sense to me. But the teacher, the coach, jumping in as a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah, it, it's it's despicable, is what it
2: is. All right, I mean, how, how do how do you even have the gall to do something like this? And, and by the way, to Mike's point, it, it's like you're playing with little kids, right? right. You show up at the playground, and you're like, yeah, can I play? You're a full-grown man, and you're playing with kids. Come on. You can't do this. You can't.
1: I you can only go. imagine the footage. Like, yeah. that doesn't look right. She looks a little bit older than everybody else. <laughs> That's outstanding. Anyway, you can, you can be Googling the story and find that out. Real quick, before I get to the Spurrier story, speaking of uh, kids, uh, a 15-year-old boy, arguably Kyle, uh, uh, Carl, I should say, could be the greatest ever player of hide-and-seek. A story comes from Malaysia. A young man found himself stuck in a shipping container. Mm. He's from Bangladesh, and I guess when you got nothing else to do in Bangladesh and you're 15, you go and you hang out on the docks and you play hide-and-seek with your friends. And he decided to hide inside a container, which all of a sudden went doom. and then up on the boat. Oh. Six days later, he's in Malaysia. <laughs> He chose the right place. I would say that's Billy, That's not the greatest ever game of hide-and-seek, period. You're not going to find him in another no. country. No, you're not. Yeah, man. After falling asleep, he was locked in a container, sailed with the Integra container ship across the Indian Ocean. He was found inside the shipping container at Malaysia's Port Klang after workers at the Port heard knocking from inside the container. They were puzzled, Uh, and then eventually when the kid came out, he didn't speak their language, which would then say he's not from from Malaysia. (laughs) He's from Bangladesh. A young man goes by the name Fahim was uh, found with a fever. He was taken to Tengu-Apuan-Rama Hospital uh, nearby for treatment where his condition is is uh, apparently stable. Uh, the Marine Police Force has said they've never seen anything like this. In the video you see, he's clearly dehydrated. It looks pretty awful like he's been in a shipping container for, for six, six days. Six days, yeah. He hadn't had any water.
2: L- listen, did you love hide-and-seek? Oh, heck yeah. I loved hide-and-seek. I, that That is still one of my favorite times and memories of playing hide-and-seek And and we'd play for hours. I mean, like, right. as a kid, we, you know, we'd play for hours. And you try to find that perfect hiding spot, right? And then you
1: have some friend that get mad. You can't be in there. You're <laughs> cheating. You can't hide yeah. in there. I was, I was going to call you Kyle. My buddy Kyle, when we were little kids, uh, we were playing hide-and-seek in our neighborhood. And uh, Jimmy Nicoletti locked Munson inside the uh, tool shed. <laughs> kind of like what uh, we saw at Texas Tech with uh, with – who is the Who was it? The, uh, the, uh, Craig James's kid. And uh, back in the day, it was uh, the uh, oh, Mike Leach. Mike Leach uh, said, "Look, you having headaches and light sensibility. We'll just That's lock right. you in the tool shit Yeah, Munson was. We couldn't find Munson for like an hour, and then we realized, "Oh, he's locked in the tool shed." Uh, yeah, it anyway. was so much fun. Hey, uh, do just, kids play still? Do they still play? Do kids sleep? still play hide and go seek? Do they? Do they? Do, they do it? kids play? <laughs> do they do it? Two kids. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about the – I don't want to sound like old farts. We sound like the Muppets, uh, the two old guys in the balcony. standing. Well, I would Walder. think hide seek – there are universal games. Right. It doesn't matter where you're from or, wh- uh, you know, what
2: part of country you're from. There are universal games and stuff that you did as a kid that I'm assuming kids still do. Maybe they don't do it as frequently. But, mm. yeah, mm,
1: good stuff. Like Marco Polo, which is really annoying when you're in a public pool. Marco! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, Steve Hey, Steve Spurrier. He loved to tweak the dogs. We know that Spurrier, he took uh, a lot of pl- pride the year that uh, the Florida Gators at one loss was at the hands of Georgia, and uh, it, it kind of stuck with Steve Spurrier the year he won his Heisman. So he made it a point to stick it to Ray Goff and to stick it to anybody. Later on, it was Jim Donnan, and uh, it was relish, too. If you think about 94-95 when they played the home and homes as the Jacksonville Stadium, the Gator Bowl was getting upgraded. Spurrier never took his foot off the gas on those in those games. So it would be kind of weird to expect Steve Spurrier to be giving the Georgia Bulldogs any love. But you've heard of Cameo, right? I'm on it. Where you can give celebrities, again, give them some coins, some give it to charity, some pocket it, and they'll give you a personalized message. Here's Steve Spurrier, who got paid for Cameo, presumably, to talk to a Georgia Bulldog.
3: Uh, Hi there, James Bolley. This is Steve Spurrier, former head ball coach here with the Florida Gators. (laughs) And uh, I think we beat you Georgia Bulldogs 11 out of 12 years when I was coaching here. Uh, We really had good players, good team, with wonderful attitude. And uh, I remember last year, you guys did win the national championship, but did not win the SEC. So I said, you guys didn't win it all, but you did win the national championship. So this year, you guys did win it all. Mm -hmm. I must admit, uh, when you go undefeated, win the division, win the SEC, win the national championship, you did win it all. So go dogs. that's all anybody in the country can say. But I do also say that I admire the way uh, Coach Kirby Smart Runs the football program there. I admire the attitude of all the players, the assistant coaches. Uh, Your offensive coach, Munkin, is maybe the best in the business right now. And uh, the team really plays hard. They play smart. They do not play dirty. They're not loud and mouthy. They play the game (laughs) the way it's supposed to be played. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. You guys won it all this past year. Take care and go Gators.
2: (laughs) So what do you think of that? It's a good, it's a good, that's a good cameo. Um, and, you know, a few years ago, uh, out of the blue, they contacted me. I don't know, It's maybe in three years now. And they were like, hey, we'd love to have you. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. Right. And you go on there, Mike, and it's like a star, every star that you can imagine. And some of these fees that they have on there, because you can set your own stuff. Um, and they sometimes they set it for you. But uh, like you could get a message from like Robert Downey Jr. Right. Right. If you want it for, I don't know. If a grand or two grand or whatever it is, but it's the same thing. He's sending you this personalized message. It is a cool thing, but mm-hmm. Spurrier, listen, that was typical Steve Spurrier. I'm going to love on you a little bit, but I'm right. still going to tell you how great I am.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, he loved to poke the bear from taking shots at Georgia, free shoes, university. I think, you know, he used to always get on that. And that, that's still a thing now, you know, 30-some-odd years after he said it about FSU back in the day. Hey, one last nugget for you. It's a guy talk. We'll get you the Falcon Report, some more hires by the Falcons to get the new coaching staff taken care of. We'll get you that. But uh, you play, have you played pickleball yet? I have. Squid Billy, have you tried it up there? Are they doing that up in your uh, gated community? They're doing it everywhere, Mike. Yeah. It's everywhere. Well, I don't live in a gated community, but the community I do live in, they do have it. They, in fact, had to um, put out a notice that the lights have to go off at a certain time because they were pretty much playing at all hours of the night. It's but loud. I, loud. Yeah, it's very loud, but I have the not. The slapping sound of the other... No, it's, it's huge. I've not gotten involved. No, I know down in uh, in Naples, I know that uh, Becky's got aunts and uncles that play down there, and we got my cousin, Tony the Mailman's dad's playing, so I, yeah, the idea, I guess, uh, why every, and everyone's jumping on it now in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. They want to have pickleball courts here at uh, it's at the uh, at the park, at Piedmont. The reason I bring this up, I was playing golf on, uh, on Saturday morning, so you got to go check in for the guys who don't know how you play golf. You check in at the pro shop and say you're part of the group, this and that, and there's a guy waiting to get his, you know, get his uh, his cards. So we can go tee off. And there's a lady, and this lady's making a scene in the pro shop. I'll, I'll just say it's at a at a golf course in Peachtree City. Um, I wanted to tell you somebody is not wearing the proper footwear on the pickleball court. Oh, and there are black streaks all over it. Wow. And the pro shop guy's like, oh. Okay. Okay, man. No, no, because this you can't you can't wear those those shoes. On the, and this is going on. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, the three guys trying to get their teen times ready. And this woman is raging. One of those women. She's quit. She's got like the short haircut. Yeah, yeah You know yeah. what I mean? What I'm yeah. talking about? Like that short kind of like. How would you describe that hair? A Karen cut. I Thank you. So Karen is Karen is going off. I so I guess if the streaks get on the pickleball court, the game is ruined. Well, uh, there, she's, she's right. defiled the court. Allegedly, you're supposed to wear the proper attire, just like
2: when you golf. You okay. wear the proper attire, but I did not know you had people complaining like that. But listen, people are taking
1: uh, this thing seriously. I got a question though, because where I live, my golf course is separate from my neighborhood. Right. The HOA. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, again The HOA handles the tennis court and the pickleball court Right. The golf course is, is handled separate. by an independent company. Yeah. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know how they do it at Flat Creek, but that's where the golf course we were, where the tennis courts have now been divided into pickleball, and this lady was going off, and everybody's like looking at their watch, like, okay, all right, you've said your piece. you go play your pickleball. It's, but apparently that's how these people take it this seriously. I believe
2: that, Mike. And and here's the deal. If you've not played, you think it's corny or whatever, it's catching on. Everybody loves it. Anybody can play. That's why. I mean, it's it's a lot easier than tennis. But a very similar concept. But, yeah, mm. man, it's huge. There's
1: no doubt it's catching on all across the country. It's like, you know, not cool, not wearing the right shoes. <laughs> there are black streaks all over the court. <laughs> and on that note, we give you that Sky Talk brought to you by Dukes of Bell. Hey, Man Ale, look for our beer, guys. Get it at Publix. Ask for it. They'll go get it. And, of course, the watermelon lime, a little harder to get. But that thing is a uh, delicious, tasty beverage as well. Yeah. All right. can,
2: we, can we make some more watermelon lime, Taylor? Mm. Hey, coming up. Who's Jerry Gray? We're going to tell you because he's now a part of our Falcon football staff. And what is Coach Arthur Smith looking for when it comes to scouting? Find out as we'll come back on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: we